everyone wants more money, but most of us weren't taught how to create an abundant life. That's where the More Money Show comes in. If you're ready to have more money, create more freedom and experience more fun, turn the volume up. It's time to learn how to create the prosperity and life you have been dreaming of. Here's your host, Cassie Parks. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Money, where I have two very special guests with me, Sharon Pope, best-selling author of tons of books, which I will have her list in a second, and love coach, um, my amazing friend, and also Michelle Reynolds, thriving mompreneur, um, and amazing friend of mine as well. And I want to talk about this today because I, you know, I'm in... I inspired growth, like the word growth instead of change. And what I know about that is that when we commit to growing ourselves and what I've seen, not personally, but I've seen in the lives of my friends and clients and other people is that often if you're in a marriage, sometimes that marriage doesn't grow with the person and it, you know, things get outgrown. And so I think that while no one goes into their marriage thinking that they're going to get divorced one day, if you choose the path of growth, sometimes it's inevitable and it happens. And so I think we should talk about it and of course talk about it in terms of money and how to really solidify that and go into your new situation, continuing to grow in, in both money mindset and as a person. So I'd like to welcome both Sharon and Michelle to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It is yes. such a pleasure. Yes. Um, and Sharon, I will have you list out a couple of your, I mean, there's a couple of your books or all of them. Oh, sure. Um, so I wrote seven books, but five of them are in what I call the Soulful Truth Telling series. And um, you can go on Amazon and Sharon Pope and you'll find them all. Um, but the ones that I think are going to be most relevant to what we're talking about today, um, there's one called, am I in the wrong marriage mm. there's one called, uh, why isn't this marriage enough? And then there's one called, I know it's over now. What? So mm -hmm. those yeah. are the ones that are most relevant to this community, at least on the topic that we're talking about today. Absolutely. And you can tell why I picked Sharon for this, having that as her expertise. <laughs> um, and Michelle, do you want to just share a little bit about your story and journey over the last, I don't know, six months, a year, however long back you want to go? Yeah, sure. So, well, I am a, um, I own my own business and uh, I have a health and wellness uh, community that I support and help people get healthy and kind of find themselves again. And um, what's happened over the last six months is my life has completely changed. I did not see this coming. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had been uh, somewhat unhappy for about nine years, and but I didn't really think I could do anything about it. And through Cassie, I met Sharon. And somehow I signed up for her emails and I kept getting these emails and they'd be like, are you in the wrong marriage? And I'd be like, huh, am I? I don't know, you know? <laughs> so I started reading and listening and asking myself questions. And um, through working with Cassie as my coach, you know, I realized that the problem was that I kept growing and my spouse didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people call it a problem. I just call it like I gave him an opportunity to grow with me and he opted not to grow. And so um, I couldn't then stay because we were then mismatched. And so I'm in the process of being single again, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> and 
because I know that I have just elevated what's next for me as far as the guy, you know? And so I've, Cassie and I have uh, worked a lot on that. In fact, two years ago, um, I scripted the perfect guy. And um, though he's not a boyfriend, this man is in my life currently. So 18 days later, after we scripted him, I met him. So yeah, so we'll see once I'm single what happens. So I love it. I, yeah. I call that um, being fine with fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are really, they're just fine with relationships that are fine. Mm-hmm. But if that's not like who you are and that's not what you want, that's okay. Like you both get to want what you want. There's nothing wrong or right with either one of them, but it is, it's really good to know, right? When you're like, I want extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I want something bigger. I want more growth. And someone else is like, no, I'm good with the rocking chair on the front porch, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had just a whole bunch of reasons why I couldn't leave, you know, in my mind, I had reasons. Yeah. And so the first one was money. Um, you know, another one was religious beliefs, you know, what I grew up with. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, so I felt really trapped, but your email sharing kind of between you two ladies were, kind of, were like, you open the door of like possibility, like, why do you have to look at this way, this way? And I was like, you know, why do I, you know? So I had to ask some really hard questions of myself and it was not an easy decision. It was one that I took really seriously because this was affecting other people's lives, including my children and my husband and, you know, our families and my friends. And so this was something I didn't take lightly. And there were days, Cassie can tell you, there were days that I was pissed off and there was days I was crying and I've had every emotion you could possibly have, but I'm now on the other side of the emotion of it, and I'm super excited for what's next. So, Michelle, you just mentioned the big three. Money, that's, a bit, oh, that's probably the biggest. Kids, and then beliefs. Yes. The religious beliefs and the vows that we took and all of that. Yeah, so you had like the trifecta of things that would keep you stuck for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I had, I had a lot of things go on. <laughs> right, Cassie? Yes. So, <laughs> Yeah, but you so know what? Every single person has the running dialogue in their mind, like what you're talking about. And they have these reasons of why they have to stay stuck. And they genuinely believe that they're true. Right. It seems really real. And, and if someone tells you they're not, you're like, screw you. You don't know. Yeah. Well, and what I always tell people is, you don't live behind my doors. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't, I can tell them and they can see whatever they want. But unless they live behind those doors, they can't answer for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So Sharon, would you, would you say that your own personal growth had impacted your divorce and your story as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever told this angle of the story. And so okay. it may not come out very eloquently, but I bet there will be some ties here. Yes. Um, that, that you guys will see. Um, I had joined a network marketing organization. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like network marketing to make you grow. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I was doing a lot of personal development work and I, you know, was like the, per- I became this person who was running the region and I was in front of audiences and I was doing all this stuff. And then it became like he and I as a couple because that worked better. For the organization for it to be a couple uh, um, and and so I was going through a lot of growth the thing that I was not quite in touch with that I can look back on who I was at that time it was like yeah I was growing 
but I was becoming more in touch with the kind of relationship that I wanted, the kind of woman who I wanted to be. And so I was very much in this in-between stage of who I had been and who I had known myself to be and what I thought I wanted in a relationship and growing into what I really wanted, who I wanted to be. And so that period of time was sort of disruptive for me and, and certainly disruptive for my marriage. I think yeah. you just des described my life. Yeah, I knew. I was like, this is going to be funny. I never talk about being a network marketer. <laughs> I know. I had no idea. And I thought I knew all of Sharon Pope's stories yeah. and, so and things. That you're like the, the Barbara Walters of yes. pulling out the good stuff of the interview candidates. <laughs> I love it. And it's so true, right? And we kind of get into those things that help us grow. Like I think um, Michelle, both network marketing and that scripting workshop. I remember you like, you know, I'm like, just ask for what you want. And you like, she, she literally picked up her head and she goes, this isn't my husband. I said, go ahead and write it anyway. Just keep writing. Right. And so you don't know, like getting into network marketing or that one workshop that you go to, like mm -hmm. that you just sort of like, you just say yes. And then you get there and you can't unknow what happens afterwards. Right. Right. Like what you, you learn. I know what you come to know. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes joke. I'm like, I should have my clients sign a contract saying there's no going back. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> like, oh, and I yeah. don't mean not going back to your marriage, but going back to what brought you to this place. Cause nobody right. contacts me when everything's going great. Right. right. So, um, yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. You can't unlearn what you learn. You can't unknow what you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about money. I want to get, if we have time, I want to talk sort of about Sharon can give us her quick and dirty, like the religious, maybe how to untangle some of those other parts mm. of the big three, but I want to talk about money first. So Michelle, is somebody so sort of new and raw to it? Do you want to share your story and a little bit of the back and forth? And then I want to get Sharon's sort of sure. what's, yeah, her take on that. Well, the reason I didn't ever even consider leaving is just I, my life was pretty much provided for. So, you know, he paid the mortgage, he took care of all the bills. And when I did it for just a really little time and he didn't like how I did it, so he took it over. And so I had nothing to do with the money. So what I did with my business is I just ran it on my side. So I lived off of my own money. So that means I could travel when I wanted. I could go to workshops when I wanted. I pretty much did anything I wanted. And um, that's the part that scared me was, A, I had a belief that I couldn't do it, right? Because mm -hmm. he'd pretty much told me I couldn't. My way was wrong. And um, I was like, well, I, I won't have any fun anymore if I am using all my fun money to live. And so I had a belief like my life was I knew it was I was like going to die pretty much. <laughs> you know, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And um, prior to being married, um, this is my second marriage. I was in survival mode as my whole entire life. My mom was single mode or single mom and I knew being a single mom and it's where I thrived the best because it's, it made me grow. So I'm okay being a single mom. So, because it's, I'm, it's just what I know. And so I would always go to the panic of it per se, because that's the part that I'd be like, Oh, I can grow from here. It's okay. So it doesn't scare me, but I didn't really like being in survival mode because I was always fretting and worrying and it made me really sick. I had some, some really bad diagnoses of blood clot, um, MS, gonna be in a wheelchair in six months. Like I just, my life was so toxic 
um, it, for certain years that I just was like, well, I don't want this either, right? So I was like, ah, oh, what do I do? How do I get out of this? And it was, it was working with you know Cassie and again your stuff that I was like, okay, what about if you could be single or again? I think the unity of marriage is fabulous. What if you could be single or married? It doesn't really matter what the status. Well, what if you could just be okay? You can handle your money. You could be okay. And if you're with someone, great. If you're not, great. Like, wouldn't that be a different story? Instead of it has to be one or the other, like just be okay and let what happens happen. And so I'm excited, you know, for to be single again, because I know I can do it now where before when I was single or even married, I didn't know that I could just do life, handle it, be okay. And now I do know that. So there's a surety that I've learned through other people. I couldn't, I don't know that I would have ever got here on my own. I had to go to coaches and people who would help me see what I couldn't see, where now I can see myself in moments and days going back to survival mode, but I can stop myself and go, nope, that's not what I want. Get up, shift my energy, come back and be in power again. So, but that's, uh, that's taken years of work. So it's yeah. fascinating, right, to see how we've been socialized to believe this way. Like, if you're a man, you're socialized to you are the provider of the family. Like, that's your value. That's your contribution. And then as women, we are the caretakers. And so that's where our value is. Like, even there's some pride in being a single mom. But we are not taught that we can handle our business, <laughs> right, that we can manage our money and that we don't, like, we can have support around us. but it doesn't mean um, like, where did we get the idea that financially we need to rely on others? Like some of that was told to us directly and some of it was maybe indirectly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and this sound, this is easier said than done. And I totally get it. But when I think about mothers, <laughs> so I am, I'm a stepmother. I don't, don't even know if that counts. Um, but <laughs> I think it's like the hardest job on the entire planet bring life into this world and raise a human being. Agreed. So where along the way did we get this idea like that we can't figure out how to support ourselves? We can do the hardest things on the planet, bringing life into this world, raising children, taking care of the home, taking care of our parents, taking care of our kids, taking care of every single need of 28 other people, which doesn't always serve us by the way, but we can do all that. But somehow we just don't really believe that we can take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think we came by some of that, you know, you know, we were spoon fed some of that, but we can create a different story around that. We can change that belief. We don't have to, we can figure out, does it serve us to stay in that belief or can we change? Should we change? Absolutely. And I just want to point out that I'm today paying my fourth month of rent more than I thought I could afford. And I have no financial help. Woohoo! Yes. Yes. That's awesome. And you got to celebrate that stuff because that, you know how your mind goes looking for proof of all the negative stuff. Like, here's why you're not going to be able to do it. You know, you tried it that once and he told you you did it wrong. You know, like your mind can very easily find all the negative stuff and all the reasons this is going to be really hard. So, but when you go looking for, hmm, paid that bill with ease, paid my credit card more than the minimum, paid the rent more than I thought I could afford. When you start looking for and documenting and celebrating all that stuff, that's just giving your mind a little bit of candy to go, oh, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can do it. Maybe it's not so hard. Maybe I got this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the things you've gotten really good at, right, Michelle, is seeing like what you can do versus, versus what you didn't think you could do. Right. And, and part of that you taught me though, I, you know, I didn't have a budget. I had a budget. I just never looked at it before. Right. Hey, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so now I look at the numbers and go, does this fit in my life? And it's a yes or a no, not a like, Oh, maybe try and squeeze it in. And, and even now the budget is shifting. Like I'm seeing things, you know, as my business is changing, I see things I'm like, I don't really need that. As my annual renewals come up, I'm like, uh -huh. eh, don't really have a need for that anymore. And it's, it's very powerful. I like it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. And that is one of the, you know, that's one of the tools that I teach is like, let's actually get honest about the numbers, right? Because we don't know whether you can or you can't, or whether something in your life is going to have to change until we actually look at the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But if everyone is always too scared to look at the numbers, like we, there's no real decision, right? It's mm -hmm. all based in fear. It's all based in what might or might not happen, which doesn't have to be true. I mean, we found out with Michelle, like once we were able to look at the numbers, we were able to see like, oh, you totally could do this, right? Without being crazy. I always like to point this out by working less than you were when you were married, yes, right? I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> right? that one? There's two things there. I worked more because I was uncomfortable at home. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want to go home, so I created work. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the second thing is I didn't want to look at it because I was just pure scared. So right. yeah, so I needed yeah. both of you. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the interesting thing I want to tag onto that is like, you didn't want to be at home. So you worked more, but it, that didn't mean you had like a bigger bank account. No, right? Not at all. Because your survival story was still running. And so it didn't matter how much you were, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm saving all this. Like then there was another way to flit it away or not pay attention, not save it, or really not even get it in your case, a lot of it, because a lot of it was, you were doing duplicate work for your employees. Right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm like, I am now doing, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you the hours that I'm working. I, the other day I figured I'm like, Oh, I, you know, people think I work, you know, from seven in the morning till, you know, midnight. And I'm like, I literally, um, I mean, we're talking less than, less than, less than six hours a day. That's awesome. <laughs> or like four <laughs> hours a day. And, um, it's pretty great because I just focus and I work and then, you know, I take my kids to school, I pick them up, I, you know, I go to bed at eight or nine o'clock now and I'm sleeping a full eight hours and I'm getting healthier and I'm like, oh, I just, I wish everyone had my life. I love it. I love it. And I have a, a question I want to ask Sharon in a second, but, you know, I keep mentioning survival mode. So I want to um, talk mm -hmm. about this, you know, Michelle's money story is survival or was survival. It's not anymore. Um, and cause I, what I found is that there's four main money stories that people get by default by those things that we pick up in society from our parents. Just if we don't consciously choose, we basically get one of these stories. And, um, so if you're like curious, you're like, I wonder if I'm like Michelle, you can just go to identifyyourmoneystory.com and, um, download the guide and then you'll be able to identify what your money story is. And then if you want to, um, join a five day course to start changing it, you can do that, but you could just go get the download and figure out where you are because that really helps bring that awareness to like, Oh, you know, this is what's happening. Um, so that's a great resource. So and Sharon, once you can see the truth of that, then you can figure out, does it serve you? And then right. you can, if it doesn't, you can change it. But until you look at it, sort of like the honesty thing that you were talking about, where it's like, 
until you really look at what's going on, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And until you're even, that. yeah, with the story, I think most people know they're not looking at their budget or they're not looking at their numbers. But with your money story, often we don't even know it's playing until someone says, do you do this behavior, right? Do you act like this? Do you create these situations so that, you know, X, Y, Z has to happen? I love that. Yeah. Very cool. I'm going to check that out. Cool. I can always tell when I'm going back into survival mode because people pull away. Like, I remember one day Cass is like, I can't talk to you right now. I was like, okay. Like, or, you know, she'll just call me on my crap, you know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even see it. So sometimes you just can't see your own stuff. So. Yeah, it's true. And it was like, there was no point in, you know, when you're so wrapped around the ax, I'm like, go do whatever you need to do to get back to here. But I like, I can't think I can't, we can't move forward today because we're not in move forward mode. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So Sharon, how do you help women who are at that point where they're like, I think I need to go. Um, or maybe they can't get to that point because the money holds them back. Like, what's your advice? How do you, what are some of your tips or coaching that you can give for a woman who feels stuck in the money? It's probably similar to the, the beliefs and stuff as well too, right? It is. I mean, you've got to understand, okay, what's the dialogue that's running in your mind that's mm-hmm. keeping you stuck? We can identify where it came from, but mostly we got to figure out, does it serve you? And then we've got to get underneath that and figure out what's really true. Right. And, and what do you want it to be? Um, sometimes people actually just want to stay stuck. Mm. And that, like, I have to honor that. Um, they want to think that they're going to be living under a bridge with no health insurance. And, you know, um, they want to like, they want to hang on to the fear because it actually helps them not have to make a decision, not mm. have to get uncomfortable. Because even though the relationship that they're in clearly is not comfortable and it isn't happy and loving, this is a pain that they know. Right. And so if they make a decision to leave, there's a whole bunch of unanswered questions on the other side of that door that'll put the fear of everything into you, you know? Um, So sometimes people want to stay stuck and that's okay. But for the people who genuinely want to, to move through this, to figure out what their answer is for their life, um, and I actually, like, I, that's why I really applaud you, Michelle. Like, you probably think it's no big deal because people leave their marriages all the time. It's a really big deal to, to be able to dive in to do the work that you did, the, the mental and emotional work that you did to make peace with it, to make peace with your decision in and of yourself. Because, like, when people come to me, I just try to not have an agenda for their life. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, you go to Sharon, you're leaving your husband, right? (laughs) But also, like, I'm not going to be like, um, let's say, like, if you go to a religious counselor or something, they have a very invested interest in saving that marriage, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think what's really important during this time is figuring out, what do you want? Like, what do you really want? And can you have that in your current relationship? And many times you can. Or does it take not being in that relationship. And when you make that decision, then that's when I help them just let's do this in a loving way because you don't want to sign yourself up for two years of just hell (laughs) and thousands of dollars of lawyer bills. You don't have to choose that avenue. Um, But staying stuck and not like not making it work. Like if you want to stay awesome, stay, but let's make it feel good. 
-hmm. But to, to choose option C, like so option A is stay and make it feel good. Option B is leave and go create an amazing life for yourself like Michelle is doing. Option C, stay stuck, miserable, sad, unhappy, lonely. I mean, you can choose it. Lots of people do, but it's a choice. <laughs> it's not a great one. So, um, so basically what I help people do is just get really clear about what is it that they really want and then how can I help them get there? I love it. Yeah. And does that include the money? Does that include like looking at it, like being. So like I said, money is always one of the big sticky points for women because of our socialization in that way. Yeah. Um, there's also a lifestyle element, like kind of like what Michelle was talking about, like, oh, everything's going to change. You know, I'm not going to be able to travel. I'm not going to be able to do the fun things. Um, and then that becomes a choice. I mean, all of this is a choice, but um, of what's really, really important. But in the same way, we could talk about um, your perspective on, because I think it's a pretty ingrained perspective that if you leave your marriage, you will damage your children forever. Mm -hmm. I, was I think if you asked any person on the street, yes or no, to that, they'd be like, except if you're Cassie or I or someone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like you'd have to be pretty enlightened. But I'm going to say nine out of 10 people are going to be like, yeah, probably. You're going to screw them up. You're going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you can flip that script a little bit, I mean, the way that I look at it is there's not a single person that I sit down and talk with who's struggling in their marriage and I don't ask them. Talk to me about what you learned about love and marriage at home. Because that's how we learn. There's no class on this stuff. There's no class on being in relationship with each other, knowing how to set boundaries, how to communicate, how to argue, how to express your needs. Like none of that. So we just get into relationship with each other. We trial and error it. We screw it up a lot. And so your parents did the same thing. But that's who we learn from, our parents and our families. And so your kids are learning from you what love and marriage looks like. And so that's how generations, like that's how girls get into relationships with men that don't feel very good or they're not treated very well. How did, mm -hmm. how did they see mom being treated? Absolutely. You know, like this stuff gets passed down. Um, and it's just, it's nurture. It's not nature. So you can also, you can look at it as I'm going to screw up my kids forever. You can also look at it as I'm going to stay and we're still going to screw up our kids. <laughs> we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. That's why it's like the hardest job on the whole planet. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, so we could take money, we could take beliefs, we could take um, staying for the kids. They all feel like really solid reasons to not go pursue the life that you really want for yourself. That's one of the reasons I had to leave, though, is I didn't. I wanted my daughter to know that it wasn't okay for this, this, and that to happen so that she knows when she is an adult how to choose wiser. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I used it as like, this is why I have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's pretty powerful though, but it's just how you think about it. Right. So you change the way that you thought about the ingrained belief that I'm going to screw up my kids forever. Wait a minute. Maybe there's another way to think about this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm never going to, I'm never going to have enough money. I mean, I know some clients who they have way more money now than they did then. I have way more money now than I did in my first marriage. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that was what I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. There's, and, and I have clients where that's the case. Yeah. 
I love that. I love that you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's just a thought that we have that this leads to this. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm alone, I will have less. Right. Not necessarily true. And how can you see years out in the future? I could never see where I am now, Mm -hmm. six years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Michelle, marriage um, grown in more money since in your business since you got have started your divorce process? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I'm also spending less. Like I'm not trying to fill my cup with things anymore. Like I will go, do I really need this? And I will ask, you know, and really trust myself to go, you know what? You don't need more stuff anymore. You've totally, like I'm getting rid of so much stuff. So it's like, yeah. You know, there's that need to be full doesn't come from that marriage. You know, like I was trying to fill something and it was just, you know, I was spending money to spend money. And now, so now I have more. So it's that's great. so, that's so big. And it's so, so common. Like we all numb out the pain in our, I call it the sharp edges of our lives. We want to yeah. numb those sharp edges in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, like I have a client who, when she gets really frustrated with her husband, she goes online and spends. Some people will pour themselves into work. Some people will spend too much time on Facebook. Some people will drink too much wine, whatever it is that you need to do. But what you're doing now is so powerful is you're getting super clear about what is really important to you. And it's not from a place of lack or I'm going to have less. It's like, no, the things that I want, I really, really want them. Mm-hmm. Like I cleaned out my closet this yeah. month. I gave yes. away 12 bags of clothes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like for me to be able to give away 12 bags mm-hmm. of clothes and still have a closet full, that's just nonsense. <laughs> right? But everything that made it, even this 10-year-old jacket. Yes, I love it. Like, I love it. I'm mm-hmm. keeping it. Yeah. I made the choice. Like, and it's pretty powerful. And it can be that way in every area of your life. And that's what you're doing that is super cool, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you. And I tried all those things you mentioned and like to cope. <laughs> Yes, we all do. Yes, did all those. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. That's what we do, right? But once you can go, okay, well, um, is it serving me? Yeah. Because I'm just I'm just running away from the negative emotion that I'm feeling because I don't want to deal with the problem. Then what would happen if I just dealt with the problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It opens up a lot. Like you said, I'm not saying everyone should go run and get a divorce today because mm-hmm. I think there are people this weekend, I was at another seminar because I've been traveling a lot and um, I had someone ask me, you know, should she leave her husband? I'm like, you have to find that answer within you. I cannot give that to you. I'm not a trained professional. I could not guide you in that way. You need to go get help. And so, but I thought it was interesting now that I've done it, people think like I'm the expert. I'm like, dude, I'm the last person you should ask about if you should stay married or get divorced. (laughs) Well, and you know what? Sometimes they just want a permission slip and they want you to tell them that it's going to be okay. And that's like, it's okay, but you can't, you can't be at peace with someone else's answer. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, oh, I left my marriage because Sharon Pope told me to. What? Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. You gotta be. You've gotta feel really good about your answer, so that you don't ever wake up with regret or second guessing yourself, whichever way it is. Yeah, yeah. And once I once I told my husband I was leaving, which was one of the things I. I mean, I was just dreading how hard that was going to be. It was actually pretty easy, and you know, from there it just things just went. And I was like, okay, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought. So it's the fear of what's going to happen that people like 
they're like, ah, oh, their life is on hold because they're so fearful of it. Well, just move through it and you'll see how it's not probably as bad as you're thinking. If, if that's the direction you're going, if you know, you decide to stay, then you got work to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cassie, can I share something real quick? Of course. Just cause I think it's relevant to this discussion. If, cause it sounds easy. Like just move through your fear, right? Like, but all of us have it right. and, and we've not been taught how to just move through it. Um, unless you work with Cassie or Sharon. Um, but <laughs> so the analogy that I like to use sometimes is where Cassie, where are you at these days? You're not in Denver anymore. Where are you? Uh, current right now I'm in Texas. All right. Yeah. So I could, I live in Columbus, Ohio, and I could get in my car and I could drive to Texas and I would get there probably depending on where you're at in Texas, 15, 16, 17 hours from now. Yeah. But I would make most of that trip in the dark. Mm-hmm. only being able to see 10 feet in front of me at any given time. But I could make it all the way from Columbus, Ohio to Texas to see Cassie, only being able to see 10 feet, 10 feet, 10 yeah. feet. What people get so monkey-brained and stuck with is, oh my God, I got to be able to see Texas before I'll ever leave Columbus. I got to know what life is going to look like. I got to know, am I going to be alone? Am I going to be with someone? Am I, what's my money situation going to look like? What's my friend situation it was like what's my like all like you can't possibly know a year or two years down the road what your whole life is going to look like Mm -hmm. but what you can do is not let that big decision of uh, I gotta get to Texas stop you from making the 10 feet 10 feet 10 feet it's like bite size right like it's Halloween so we can talk about bite size yes (laughs) like 10 of those bite sizes Snickers never actually like the whole one by the way I'm gonna But it's like you can you can bite off those fears like ten feet at a time mm-hmm. when like the big fear of oh my god all the stuff about leaving a relationship can keep you paralyzed. Right. But ten feet, little bite size, like you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And, and well, that's where Cassie came in is the scripting. You know, like along the journey of like one baby step, one fun you know fun step at a time. I, you know, then I scripted what's next. And so it's like, I didn't have to worry about what it was going to be. I was creating what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's a big difference though. Believing that your life is somehow created for you and you just move along through it versus I get to create. Mm -hmm. That's a really big difference for you. That's awesome. So cool. Um, you both are so amazing. Um, before I get your sort of final thoughts on divorce and money and how to move through that, your best advice for that, Sharon, tell everybody how they can connect with you. We can go to SharonPopeTruth.com and, um, you will find everything there, you know, subscribe to my blog. I put out tons of just free advice and articles and blog posts and things like that. Um, and then if you are interested in any of my books, you can easily, they're on my website too. So just go to SharonPopeTruth.com. Perfect. And Michelle, if somebody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? So well, first you can call Cassie because Cassie knows where I'm at at all times. <laughs> That's true. But my, my website is Bula, it's B-U-L-A BulaFitRocks.com and that's where you can get your money and your life back. Yes. Awesome. I love it. So um, final thoughts. Let's start with Michelle because you're up. What's um, your best advice for somebody who's outgrown maybe their marriage, ready for something new, but that fear of the money stuff is getting them? What's your best advice for them? 
Well, my best advice would be just um, learn to love you because unless you know yourself and what you want, um, you can stay stuck forever whether you're married or not. And so that has nothing to do with your marital status. That has to do with you as a person. And then once you figure out who you are, then you can decide if that's going to work for you and it's something you want to fix if it's broken or if you, it's just how you've been looking at it because sometimes it's just skewed perspective or if you really need to do something about it. Like I needed to do something about it. But um, on the flip side of it, in, you know, in, in stepping out in faith that it's going to be okay, um, is really kind of, you know, as you're loving yourself and taking care of yourself is don't forget to keep working on yourself and keep creating because, and keep trusting that the money will be there because their truth is there's always more than enough money. It's just a matter of, are you doing what you need to do to call it into your life? So um, I know that I will never worry about money again. And I'm super excited about that because what I've learned and I, I will always, take my time in the future instead of rushing into relationship out of loneliness. Like this time, um, if I've, well, this time the guy is going to have to be like flipping amazing <laughs> in order to be in my world. First, I need him. He has to need me because um, I deserve that. Awesome. I love it. And Ms. Sharon Pope, what is your best advice for somebody who might be on the fence, feel like money is keeping them stuck from stepping out? the big piece of advice would just be managing your mind around it and realizing first and foremost that it is just, it's a thought that you've thought again and again and again, that has become a deeply held belief that is the thing that's keeping you stuck, but that you are in a hundred percent control over that. Um, and you can undo that. You can create something different for yourself 10 feet at a time, just a little step at a time. You can't just, Change it. You can't take a train going 90 miles an hour and turn it around and go the other way 90 miles an hour. It's going to slow down, right? Mm-hmm. But you can, you can change it. I love Thank that. You. So good. So good. And I would suggest, of course, identifying your money story, which you can do at identifyyourmoneystory.com. So you can start to see what is running alongside those beliefs because it's easier to change them when you can see them. Um, and then you can take those 10 feet steps and you can step into that everything that we've been talking about today. So connect with Sharon at SharonPopeTruth.com, Michelle at BulaFitRocks.com. Go get, check out your money story at IdentifyYourMoneyStory.com. Thank you ladies for being here and for sharing your beautiful souls with everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us on The More Money Show. To learn how to attract more money into your life, Go to your favorite book retailer and order Cassie's book, Manifest $10,000.